pastor and his wife for your hostility, I mean your hospitality. Uh, it's been a great weekend and uh, greatly enjoyed the discussions that we've had on the Psalms and other things and uh, uh, taking good care of us and we appreciate it. I'm going to be looking at Psalm 103 and uh, know there are Bibles out there somewhere so we're going to go uh, the way uh, the Jews accused Isaiah of going. They said, Tzav la Tzav, Tzav la Tzav, Kav la Kav, Kav la Kav, Za'ir Sham, Za'ir Sham. That's Hebrew for line by line, line by line, precept by precept, precept by precept, here's some and there's some. Well, that's kind of how we go through the Psalms, line by line, precept by precept, teaching by teaching. That's the only place I know of in the Bible, by the way, that and one other place in Isaiah where it actually rhymes. Most places don't. The poetry of the Psalms, uh, added to New Testaments, they are called in the Hebrew Tehillim, uh, prayers, praises, and this psalm is a psalm of praise. And there's a word you can't see in here. But uh, it appears again and again in this psalm, and that is the word Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah and Yahweh. Hallelujah means praise. Yahweh is God's personal name that uh, he revealed to Moses at the bush. He said, tell the people, Yahweh sent you. And so that's what we have in this psalm. David wrote it. And he begins by saying, Praise Yahweh, all my soul, and all my inmost being, praise His holy name. Praise Yahweh, all my soul, and forget not all His benefits. <coughs> benefits. What's God do for us? Benefit means something done to us that's good. What's He do for us? Well, look at the next couple of verses. He forgives all your sins. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. He satisfies your desires with good things. So your youth is renewed like the eagle. Forgives all your sins. You know, um, you study the Scripture and you'll discover that only God can say all. Because He's the only one who knows all. And when he says he forgives all your sins, that means that not one of your sins has been left out of that forgiveness. Past, present, and future. He forgives it all. If he didn't forgive it all, one sin is enough to separate us from God. Adam and Eve broke one simple commandment. Separated the entire human race from God. And God had to begin work to bring people back into relationship with Him. He forgives all our sins. And the next line says He heals all our diseases. Now, if He heals all our diseases, does that mean we're never going to get sick again? Probably not. There is a health and wealth gospel floating around out there that says, if you really believe, then you can get up out of that wheelchair. If you really believe, then you won't get sick. Well, that's just not true. 
If it were true, Christians would never die. Christians would never get sick. But we do, don't we? He heals all our diseases, but that doesn't mean you don't get sick again. He forgives all our sins, but that doesn't mean we never sin again. I love this verse. He heals them all. He forgives them all. What happens when you die? What happens if you get sick and die? He heals you. If you're a Christian, He heals you. You go to be with Jesus. You're with Moses and Elijah and all the other people who've gone on before. Uh, my dad died in 1981. I'd love to go see him. I plan to do that. I plan to spend some time with him. My mom died in, uh, in 2001. I'd like to go see her. My younger brother already died. He got Alzheimer's and he died at the age of 62 a couple of years ago. And he was my best friend for 60 years. Think about him every day. But I absolutely know for a fact, because of what Scripture says, that I will see him again. He had the most incredible sense of humor. And every time I think about the fact that he didn't even know who he was at the end of his life, it made me realize that he wasn't really there. You know, he was there, but he wasn't there. That's one of the most devastating diseases. His children, his wife left behind. One of his sons called me at Christmas. And his voice and my voice sound so much alike that when he called me and I spoke to him, he couldn't respond because it was like talking to his dad. And I have no doubt that I'll see him again. Because all, all my sins are forgiven. The Apostle Paul says, all have sinned and are falling short of the glory of God and are being justified freely through the grace that comes through Christ Jesus. He has forgiven us freely. Not something we did. Something He did on Calvary. All our sins are forgiven. Look at the next verse. These are the benefits. These are great benefits that He's given us. He redeems your life from the pit. Crowns you with love and compassion. He brings us up out of hell. That's what that means. He takes us up out of death. And He crowns us with His own covenant loyalty. He promises us on the basis of Jesus' sacrifice that He will give us compassion and forgiveness. And if you believe in Jesus, folks, you've got that. Forgiveness of sins. You've got God's love and compassion upon you. He goes on and says, He satisfies your desires with good things, so your youth is renewed like the eagles. Your youth is renewed like the eagles. My next birthday, I'm going to be 70. And when I think about that, I woke up the other night and I thought, I'm going to be 70 my next birthday. It kind of jars you awake. Uh, doesn't bother me a bit. Because look what, it, look what it says here. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. 
Second Corinthians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul says, the outer man is wasting away. The more I look in the mirror, you know, he mentioned my gray hair. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the more I look in the mirror, the more I see a wrinkle here and a sag and a blemish and, you know, hair turning and I see the outer man wasting away. And there's a couple other guys about my age in this church that are kind of wasting away. I think it's going to take a lot of wasting for Don back there, but <laughs> big as he is. But the outer, the outer self is wasting away, but look what's happening on the inside. Your youth is being renewed like the eagle. The Apostle Paul says the outer man wastes away, but the inner man is being renewed day by day according to the image of the Creator. We're becoming like Jesus. Inside us, the resurrection of Jesus is taking place. Our youth is renewed like the eagle. That's just the, be the beginning. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul says, that our bodies will be transformed to be like Jesus' body. That we are being changed from one degree of glory to another. Let me explain something to you. If I could strip away this outer shell, and you could look inside me, you would see a divine being living in there. Do you know that? Do you know that when the stars and the moon and the sun fade away, you will still be alive? The person next to you will still be alive? Think about it. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. He's changing us from one degree of glory to another. Transforming us until we look in the mirror and we see a reflection of Jesus. Did you know that Jesus calls us gods? I'm not a Mormon, but I read John chapter 10 and I see Jesus say, I said you are gods and the scripture cannot be broken. We are divine beings. We will die like men, scripture says, but we are gods. We are being transformed. You know the word transform. The word metamorphosis, you familiar with that word? The Greek word metamorphousta is used over and over in Scripture four times. Three times for Jesus' transfiguration. And once for what's happening inside of us. Actually twice for what's happening inside of us. We're being transformed. First John chapter 3 says, Look at the kind of love the Father has given us that we should be called sons of God. And that is what we are. You hear that? We are sons of God. It does not appear yet what we will be, but when He appears, what's the next line? Can you tell me? We will be like Him. Correct. What's He like? John saw Him on the island of Patmos. Here's John, the apostle that was so close to Jesus. He calls himself the disciple Jesus loved. And at the Last Supper, they're reclining on the floor on pillows. 
They didn't sit at a table like you've seen in the picture. You know, the apostle Peter didn't say, come on, all guys, let's all get on this side of the table so we can get in the picture. Uh, that never happened. Uh, they didn't use tables. They used pillows on the floor and a, a table about that high. And they used bread for napkins. When they wiped their face, they used their unleavened bread. And they ate at the table. And John was so close to Jesus that he leaned his head back against Jesus' chest and looked him in the eyes and said, Lord, who is it that's going to betray you? You can read about that in the Scripture. But in the book of Revelation, when John saw Jesus, he didn't run up and hug him or shake hands. He says, I fell at his feet as though he were dead because his face was shining like the sun in its strength. His eyes were like flames of fire. His body glowed like he'd come out of a furnace. Now, folks, if we're going to be like Jesus, are you listening? We're going to be like that. Glorious, divine beings. That's the promise. Our youth is being renewed like the eagle. Every day, I tell my students, I'm almost 70, I can do everything I could do when I was 18. Just shows you how pathetic I was at 18. <laughs> no, I can't. I can do some of them more carefully, more slowly. But it's, it's incredible. The inner self, I asked Dr. Crawford one time when he came to the bottom of the steps there. He was 81 years old. And I said, Dr. Crawford, how do you feel coming to the bottom of the steps? Because I saw him grabbing the, the rail there and putting one foot up at a time. And he said, in my mind, I'm running up these steps two at a time. But my body can't do it. See, the inner self never, never gets old. It gets younger and younger. And that's what's happening to us, according to this. Read on. Go down to verse 8. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in love. He will not always accuse us, nor will He harbor His anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. Whoa! What if he treated us as our sins deserve? We'd all go directly to hell without passing go or collecting $200. I mean, that's what would happen. We would go to hell. But look what he says. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west... So far has He removed our transgressions from us. I love that verse. You realize if He had said as far as the north is from the south, you can only go so far north and so far south before you're going the other direction. But He says as far as the east is from the west. How far is that? God has removed our transgressions from us. Do you understand what this psalm is saying? We are forgiven. If Christians could just get that through their heads, we would realize what Paul says in Ephesians 2, verse 4 and 5 and 6. He gives us three verbs that God did. He said, we used to be evil. We were like Satan. 
We lived like hell. We followed the waves of the prince of the power of the air. But now God, who is rich in mercy, with the great love with which He's loved us, has made us alive together with Christ, has raised us up with Christ, and has seated us in Christ, in the heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. Do you understand what that means? It's a baptismal image. He He made us alive by our faith. He raised us up by our faith. And He seated us in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He seated us in heaven. God sees us in past tense, already seated in heaven. Watchman Nee in his book on Ephesians says, Christianity doesn't begin with a do, it begins with a done. And Christians don't fight for victory. Christians fight from victory. What a great line. He's removed our sins from us. We're forgiven. See, it all comes down to trust. Do you trust God? God says He takes away all our sins. He removes them as far as the east is from the west. There's no end to that. We are free of our sins. Read on. Verse 13, As a father has compassion for his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear Him. For He knows how we are formed, He remembers that we are dust. How did He make us? Like a potter. He shaped us out of the dust. He breathed into our lives, into our nostrils, the breath of life, and we became living beings. But when God speaks to Satan, the serpent, later on in Genesis 3, He says, you will eat dust all the days of your life. Wait a minute. We are dust. The scripture says Satan wants to devour us. But his power is broken. Because the seed of woman comes and crushes the head of the serpent. Jesus has destroyed Satan's power in our lives. As a father has compassion on his children, the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed, he remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like the flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it's gone, and its place remembers it no more. we got some guys in here that cut grass for a living. Think about how long does grass last? One season, unless you live in Dallas, and then you go six weeks without water in August and July, and the grass dies, and then the water comes again in fall, and it comes back to life. We are like grass. We're like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower falls, but the Word of God stands forever. We are grass. The people are grass. Isaiah says that. Isaiah chapter 40. This psalm says, Our lives are like the grass. 30 days to live. How long do you have? There's no guarantees. 
our lives are like the grass. And I know, you know, I've lived in a house in Dallas for almost 39 years, my wife and I. We bought that house for $17,500. And this past year it was taxed at 138000 something. And I know that one day in the future, I'm going to be gone, and so is she, and that house will not remember us anymore. And whoever moves in there will have no knowledge of us. But God knows us. And God knows our DNA. He's the guy that designed it. He knows every part of us. And He can take us and rebuild us according to His image. That's what the resurrection promise is. That's what our hope is. And so He goes on and says, But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear Him, and His righteousness to their children's children, to those who keep His covenant, and remember to obey His precepts. The Lord has established His throne in heaven. His kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you His angels, you mighty ones who do His bidding, who obey His word. Praise the Lord, all His heavenly hosts, you His servants who do His will. Praise the Lord, all His works, and everywhere in His dominion, praise the Lord, O my soul. What's He done for us? He's given us life and breath and all things. He's taken away our sins. He's borne them on the cross. He carried them into the grave where they belong. And when He rose from the dead, folks, we ascended to heaven with Him and seated ourselves at the right hand of God where God put us. And one day we will look to our left and we'll see our Father's face. You know, God is light, dwelling, inapproachable that no man has seen nor can see, but one day we'll see Him face to face because we'll be like Him. That's what this psalm teaches. Let's pray. We praise You, Father. We praise You from the depths of our being. Because You knew us before the foundation of the world. And You chose us in Christ. And You set us apart for Yourself. And You adopted us as Your children. And You own us. And You've taken us into Your house. And You've taught us to be like the only begotten Son. And You've forgiven our sins. And You've cleansed us from all unrighteousness. And You've renewed our youth like the eagle. And we look forward, Father, to the day when we will see You face to face, be with You, and live for You forever. We praise You for what You've done. In Jesus' name.